Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And today on the podcast, we are breaking down the sixth presidential debate. Yes, we watched it, so you didn't have to. And I'm here with my friend, the Chronicle's editorial page editor, John Diaz, to look back at what happened and look forward as to what's next. Chronicle editorial page editor, John Diaz, thank you for descending from the ivory tower for today's <laughs> podcast. Always a pleasure, Joe. <laughs> well, as primary debates go, this was a, this was a good one, uh, mostly because there were seven people on stage and we have to, must say, six white candidates and Andrew Yang. Um, but we got to know a little bit more about the candidates. Uh, we got to see some candidates who we don't know much about like Amy Klobuchar. Uh, what did you think? What did you, who, who jumped out at you? Well, no question, uh, Joe. I think uh, Amy Klobuchar had her best debate so far, by far. And I think there are a couple of reasons for it. One, she was, she was very well prepared, but also PBS. Uh, they, they were much more uh, egalitarian in making sure that uh, all candidates had a chance to speak. She got far more time than I believe she had she before. spoke the most. Yes. Of everyone, yeah. But but I thought she had a good night. I thought uh, Joe Biden, um, you know, had a pretty much a gaffery night. And uh, are we are we defining down for Biden? Do we give him? Do we say okay, he didn't say something goofy that we're making fun of twenty four hours later, and so he was okay? I mean, I find myself thinking, well, okay, he didn't say <laughs> make a reference to record players or offend African American people, or oh, he had a good night. We, what do you think about Biden? Do you think and he he's gotten strong? And he didn't seem like he was uh, ready to fall asleep uh, <laughs> after the first hour. That's a long debate, two and a half hours. It is. Uh, I do think the expectations have have gotten, he's benefiting from lower expectations than he had before. Uh, but I thought he had some good moments, particularly mm-hmm. when uh, he was talking about the fact that he is being attacked as much as anyone else, but he still wants to work with Republicans. I think that's going to resonate with the the voters who are looking for a centrist alternative. Speaking of centrist alternatives, uh, Mayor Pete did certainly uh, took a lot last night. I think that you know he's lived a charmed existence uh, until now. That kind of ended uh, Thursday. Hearing it from uh, Warren, he heard it from Klobuchar, and he heard it from Bernie. Uh, what, was this? What, what do you think that that? Do you think it was a good night for him that he fought back or that, that he was called out on a couple of things? I think overall he had some pretty good answers, uh, pretty good responses, particularly to the infamous wine cave Hell moment. Yes. We must talk about the wine cave. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get more on that in a minute. Since <laughs> when is a, a proper storage of wine become a pejorative? <laughs> but, uh, you know, spoken as a couple guys from Northern California. <laughs> uh, but, but I think he had some, Good comebacks, particularly when Elizabeth Warren was was hammering him about fundraising, and he made the comment of, you know, that it's wrong to throw out a purity test that you can't pass yourself. I thought Ooh, that, yeah, was, that was that was a good, was good comeback. Yeah, but you know, I still think he, the the fact Klobuchar also took him to task over his uh, experience. I thought actually the best line of all was in your story this morning, Joe, where you pointed out that South Bend, Indiana, is actually smaller town than Antioch. And I don't think the uh, Antioch, mayor of Antioch, whoever that is, 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 is it was very Roka back in the day. But uh, um, yeah, and that's, that's uh, and then he says, I, I pulled together, a, you know, a, a coalition there. Well, South Bend's a much more liberal town than 
the rest of Indiana. As Klobuchar pointed out, you ran statewide and you lost by 20 points. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Buttigieg took a couple arrows. I don't know that he's necessarily going to sink. I think overall, if you look at the field last night, I don't know that anybody really lost, except for maybe Tom Steyer, <laughs> who's... Uh, who seems to be just part of the furniture of these debates at this point. <laughs> You're going to hear from his brother, as I did, after <laughs> after the uh, he, recent story. He knows how to get me. Yes, <laughs> he knows how to get all of us. Um, so he, uh, his brother lives in San Francisco. Um, so, um, but you don't think, uh, let's, let's talk about the wine cave for a second. First of all, I, I will commend everyone to read our the Chronicle wine critic, Esther Mobley did a story about the, you know, off the debate about wine caves and what, you know, what, what they're all about <laughs> and this particular <laughs> wine cave. And one thing that I found very unusual about this or very kind of funny in a way is the person who owns the winery, Hall Wineries, is uh, Kathleen Hall, I believe. Uh, and she was appointed, she was a big donor <laughs> to Bill Clinton's campaign and was appointed to be the ambassador to Austria, which was exactly what Warren was saying there, uh, criticism. She's, I'm not going to be, you know, making uh, what it was her quote here. Billionaires in wine caves should not pick the next president of the United States, and I'm not going to be giving ambassadorships to people who give me uh, big donations, as was the case in this wine cave. Um, but does this hurt Buttigieg in a Democratic primary, where billionaires and millionaires are 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 you know are are demonized all the time? You know, the thing about it, uh, Joe, you and I have uh, followed this long enough to know that the thing about politicians is when, you, in terms of taking the hits for fundraising, they they generally consider getting the money worth the flack that they're going to take. <laughs> and uh, and I don't, I don't know that that's going to hurt him, although uh, particularly with, I think, those who would count it against him already in the camp of Warren or Sanders. Um, I think, um, you know, the, if the alternative is is not having the money, as Kamala Harris found out, it means you're out of the race. So he's got to fundraise. He's not a billionaire. Um, as, as he pointed out, Elizabeth Warren had, had been a senator, transferred money from her Senate uh, Treasury yeah. into the presidential campaign. Yeah. Yes. That she raised when not following the rules that she was, uh, that she follows now and, and having large fundraisers. Um, let's talk about Andrew Yang for a minute. We, we rarely, you know, talk about him. He had, you know, he is on the stump. He is really a, an engaging speaker. I've been a number of his events. Uh, he has a rap with his audience that I don't think any other candidate has. They actually, he, you know, has a call and response. They know all the jokes or, you know, when he, when he says, uh, during his speeches, um, and he has some innovative ideas. He's talking about artificial intelligence last night and and things that other candidates have. He also had a personal moment about talking about his uh, child with special needs. Where where does Yang fit into this whole constellation? I think he's going to be around for a while. I, it's hard to take him seriously as a presidential candidate. Uh, um, and I think the telltale thing, if there's any uh, real chance that he's going to rise up in the polls, not necessarily even to get the nomination, is people will start scrutinizing his thousand dollar a month payment to all American citizens. I mean, where does that money come from? I mean, you talk about Medicare for all and, and, and some of the, as Joe Biden and, and Klobuchar and others have been worried about that and its impact on the deficit, giving $12,000 a year to Americans. I mean, it's, it's really not a proposal that can be taken 
uh, seriously. Uh, and I think as long as he touts that proposal on the margins, he's going to be on the margins. But if uh, we see any any movement in his campaign, that's when uh, that will be taken apart. More of my conversation with John Diaz after this short break. And now, here's more of my conversation with John Diaz. What did you think of the sort of we say a, a wider cleaving between the moderates and, on on the stage and the more progressive folks, the the, the Bernies and the Warrens? Uh, we saw it in a couple areas. We saw it on NAFTA, the new NAFTA, the North American. What, what's it called? Uh, the North American. <laughs> I still want to call it the, the, the new NAFTA. USMCA. US, the yeah. USMCA, um, where uh, Bernie said, you know. I'm not going to vote for this, and it will come before the Senate next month. Uh, he says they're still not uh, not going to ensure that there won't be outsourcing jobs to Mexico. Amy Klobuchar said, yeah, you know, I know that, and I, there might have some concerns about climate, but I'm going to vote for it anyways. Again, she stresses her, quote-unquote, Midwestern mindset uh, practicality. Worried uh, about farmers. Worried about farmers. Right. Um, and and then Biden and Bernie, again, dividing on health care. Do you think, how do you see this field cleaving? And do you think that's, is that going to get wider? What's, what's, what do you make of that? Well, it's certainly gotten sharper. And, and Klobuchar's uh, emergence last night, I think she was probably the most dominant uh, presence on the stage, is going to accentuate that. Uh, probably kicking himself for not being able to be on stage is uh, Cory Booker, who I think could be, could, could also very much uh, be in the mix in terms of a centrist candidate. Pete Buttigieg. Is, is certainly striving there, but I don't know that Buttigieg is going to gain from last night as much as he's going to hold steady. Let's talk about the the folks who weren't there. Uh, no Julian Castro, no Booker, as you alluded to. Um, what they're going to try and pet- there's some other ways to try and petition the party about getting uh, a more diverse field of candidates there. This is a this is a bad look for the Democratic Party. It's bad for you know get out the vote. It's bad to rally. The Democratic, uh, the Obama coalition. What? How did? How does this get resolved? Does it get resolved? Because the Democratic Party is not going to say like, "Well, we're not. We can change the rules in the midway." What? What? What can? How can this happen? What can be solved? Well, I, I really don't think they can change the rules at this point. I'm not sure it'd be a good thing because, uh, in in terms of putting 10, 12 candidates back on the stage, yeah. God, God help us. This was a two and a half hour debate as it was. Right. <laughs> uh, but I do think it is, uh, it is a problem. Uh, and for the Democrats who they have on stage, the age issue came up last night. Oh yes. I thought Joe Biden had a good quip. You know, I guess he wasn't talking about me referring to, to Barack Obama's yeah. concern about age. Of course, Elizabeth Warren had one of the, oh, the, the, the lines in the night saying, well, I'd also be the youngest woman. Uh, but I think if you look at the lack of diversity on the stage, it really does uh, not reflect what the Democratic electorate's going to be in the, in the primaries and caucuses. Right. Nearly half of the Democratic Party are people of color. I think it's 46, 48 um, percent. Do you think that's going to hurt turnout? Potentially, yes. Uh, not, not only in the uh, primaries, but uh, the general election, because as we both know, that was a very, very critical part of... Uh, why Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump in 2016 is that um, you know the 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 lack of turnout of particularly of African Americans. Uh, so I think it's uh, something that they're going to have to address, whether they address it through the vice presidential selection. But right now, 
of those seven candidates, uh, uh, those who are most likely are, are all white and predominantly old. California voters, I can't believe I'm going to say this, are going to be voting in about six, six and a half weeks now. Early uh, February 3rd, we vote the same day as the Iowa, we start early voting, same day as the Iowa caucuses. Um, there was precious little uh, in last night's debate, which was held in Los Angeles at Loyola Marymount University about, uh, about California. Nothing about homelessness. Maybe a passing mention to wildfires from Klobuchar in the context of talking about climate change. There was nothing about uh, how high cost of housing. Maybe something. Um, when what's the importance of these candidates having to talk about these issues? Uh, are they going to blow it off until like you know mid February when they come out here? Or what, what's going on? How much? How important is that to do that? Well, you know, Joe, it still remains to be seen how much attention these candidates are going to pay to California, mm. even after moving the um, primary up to, to early March. Uh, for the fact of the matter is it, it, the, the delicate, delegate allocation process is so dispersed that, that it, it's really going to be hard for any candidate to take a huge bounty out of California. I don't know that, uh, I don't know that we're going to see that, that I don't know that there's a California issue that really divides this field in the way that it, California issues will certainly divide the general election, uh, Donald Trump versus any of these candidates. But I don't know that that's a, a really defining issue in the primary. Because uh, as, as you alluded to, uh, in California, the delegates are allocated by congressional district. If you right. get 15% of the vote, the popular vote in a congressional district, then you're qualified to get commensurate amount of delegates. So, you know, it could be a very split field here. And it's, and the field is wide open here in California. That's, you know, we have uh, Buttigieg, uh, um, well, we have actually have Sanders and Warren at the top of the field and Buttigieg and, and uh, Biden trailing behind by several points. Um, I was also thinking last night we had, uh, you know, the, in the audience were, it was um, uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor, uh, Mayor Garcetti of Los, Mayor of Los Angeles, neither has endorsed. Uh, I saw them both at the um, uh, recent California De uh, Democratic Party convention in Long Beach. I asked them that. Um, Garcetti was a little more forthcoming. He said, "Maybe I'll endorse. I'm, I'm you know, I'll, I'm be start thinking about it in early January." But is it? Is it? First of all, does it matter? <laughs> and second of all, um, would it be? What weight would it carry? I think the 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 weight of endorsements is really limited, and and I will, as an editorial page editor, even admit that newspaper Except endorsements, the San Francisco <laughs> Chronicles, come to the uh, well, I've always yes. been under the belief that the lower profile the race, the more influence an endorsement has, and and certainly, I think people who really follow this closely are going to be able to make up their their own minds. I mean, look at the endorsements that Kamala Harris had. She had a lot of prominent endorsements. Just about everybody including in Including Gavin yeah. Newsom, who was ready to go to Iowa to campaign for her. <laughs> for her. How come you're laughing, Joe? I, because we actually apparently got the memo a little bit late that he wouldn't be going. That's was right. he there yes. for her in 2020 yes, yes. or Gavin in 2024? Well, perhaps a little. That, that's another, perhaps, that's that's another a, podcast. That's another podcast, which I'm sure we'll be doing. All right. Anything else you'd like to add? Any other final observations from the from uh, last night's two and a half hours of viewing? You got to watch it at home uh, with a glass of wine, I believe. <laughs> well, I, will, I was slaving away at the Chronicle. 
That was off the record. I'm just wondering, that was off Joe, the record. Joe, in terms of that last question. You always question. say there's no off the record on the editorial <laughs> board. Look at you trying to get off the record here. So, so Joe, what about you? Are you going to be asking for forgiveness <laughs> yes. or providing a gift? Uh, thank you. Let's let's just go to that one. That was, first of all, a goofy question. But did you notice the uh, gender differences in the way that was answered? The, the female candidates on stage actually tried to offer some sort of... Uh, apologies and then and and, and 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 you know ask for forgiveness the guys andrew yang said buy my book essentially yeah, that was, that was, no he was going to give it away to the other candidates oh, he's going to give it away <laughs> there you go, the spirit of giving all right in the spirit of giving and of the holidays happy holidays to you thank you for being on today happy holidays to you joe always a pleasure i'd like to thank you all for listening today i'd like to thank my friend john diaz for coming on the podcast today i'd like to thank the king king kaufman for producing today's episode. And remember, whether you're drinking it in a wine cave or out of a paper bag, it's all political. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks. And remember, whether you're drinking it in a wine bag... Blew the punchline.